Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 362. And just like the Doctor, this podcast can never die. We don't have the concentration. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How was your guys' Christmas this week? It was good. It was good. Very busy. Very busy. Very busy. Did you get lots of toys? Quite yes. a few. Yeah, it was four Christmases and less than 24 hours. Wow. So Christmas Eve night with my mom and then Christmas morning with just the three of us. And then after that, going over to Sarah's parents and after that, going over to my dad's. And then coming home and watching who? The benefit to being a grandparent is you are in charge of the schedule and you say, yeah, everybody can come over here. So yeah, we just next, did them all at once. <laughs> next year we're thinking of just saying, okay, you come to us. <laughs> How about you, Glenn? Yeah, we spent uh, Saturday at our house. We hosted Holly's family, so just Christmas all day long. And then Saturday, we spent the day over at my folks and did kind of like just our family Christmas. Uh, opened some gifts there, played some games, and then we hit the road and went to Wichita Saturday night. Ate at Denny's for our annual uh, Christmas Eve dinner tradition. First year, we <laughs> have eaten at a Denny's out of town on Christmas Eve, so that was kind oh. of different, but it was a Denny's. Uh, we stayed in Wichita, and we drove over the next morning on Christmas Day to my Uncle Ed's house, and the, my dad's whole big family got together. Did you guys get anything exciting? Any who gifts? I got uh, a beautiful painting from my sister. She didn't paint it herself, but she bought a, paint, a beautiful painting of uh, Peter Capaldi. With his it hand is a beautiful stretched. painting. And yeah, it's gorgeous. He, it's a 16 by 20. It's very nice. And then uh, Doctor Who Flex, along with... Uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth, and belt buckle, which is this really cool brass belt buckle. A Doctor Who belt buckle? Yeah. I'll have oh. to grab it and show you afterwards. Okay. Sean <laughs> got me uh, Oh, that's some, right. You had one other. very cool really... ugly Christmas sweater Doctor Who mugs. And Glenn got me Batman Flux. My only Who Christmas item this year came from Sean, which was the uh, Genesis of the Daleks uh, LP, long play uh, record. For uh, the record store day 2016 exclusive, and it's got the blue colored vinyl. It's really sharp looking. So, and then Keith, knowing my love of infographs, got me the Star Wars Super Graphic, a visual guide to the galaxy, to a galaxy far, far away. And it's uh, it's in the same vein as Who Graphica, but it's uh, Star Wars. Um, I got um, some, some, some lovely uh, geek gifts from my friends here. I, uh, Glenn uh, got me a Firefly Flux, and uh, Keith got me a Star Trek Jigsaw Puzzle, which I love, both of those, so I'm very excited by that. Um, I got, hands down, the coolest geek gift in a really, really long time. Uh, Mel got me a Star Wars shirt. Actually, I have two. I've got one that's the Last Jedi logo, and I've got one that's like this weird... It's a comic book cover, but it's Vader, and he's all doing this, but it's been like almost tie-dyed out. Hmm. Um, and it's cool because other than the Force Awakens shirt that I bought at the theater when Force Awakens came out, I haven't owned a Star Wars shirt since I was like six. Oh, wow. Oh. 
And huh. what's odd is I had made that comment because we were going to go see, you know, Last Jedi. I was like, I don't have a shirt to wear. She goes, you don't? I was like, no, well, I mean, I've got this one. I'll wear my, I'll wear my Force Awakens shirt. But I just, I, I don't have one. She goes, how do you not own a Star Wars shirt? <laughs> I was like, I know, right? I should totally, I just don't have one. And huh. then these, you know, opened them up. And I was so excited. And I was like, yeah, I have Star Wars shirts. And somebody was listening. And she goes, no, I had those before you said anything. Oh, wow. I said, really? <laughs> I'll be there. So I'm wow. thrilled to finally have. I didn't That's wear it tonight cool. naturally, but uh, I'm thrilled to finally own a Star Wars shirt again. Very cool. Nice. And then I got the uh, the, the the Bob Ross pop figure. So that, that was <laughs> that was my other oh. And my mom was was the deer, and she got me some film equipment so that I can continue to be awesome. That's always a good thing. It is always a good thing. Uh, do you guys do anything else besides Christmas stuff? No, not really. What do we got in the news, Keith? Uh, Why'd you ask, Glenn? Keith, what's in the news? We had some uh, disappointing news this week. Uh, Not very happy news. Uh, Unfortunately, Alex Kingston has had to cancel her appearance at Planet Comic Con due to filming commitments. So that's too bad. Anybody remember I said a few weeks ago when we announced Alex Kingston (laughs) that I wasn't going to hold my breath because this happened before? Yeah. Yeah. She hopes to come hold, back next year. I don't hold it against her. I no, mean, she's I know working. that those That's kind great. of things happen, but, you know. Maybe it means she's coming back to Doctor Who. <laughs> fool me once. Shame on, <laughs> shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Uh, and then Ally Who 6 is not going to happen next year. Although no plans have been made beyond 2018. They are going to reevaluate their opportunities going forward. So there's a possibility of it coming back in 2019, but right now, Eli Who is taking a break. And they are citing uh, some of the big industry cons that are kind of oversaturating the market and a lot of cons in that area yeah. that do tend to draw from or, or yeah, away from them. So, And I can understand that. I mean, that's we're really kind of in that type of atmosphere and era now where kind of the, the cons, the big ones that can bring the big names in are kind of overshadow shadow the small intimate ones. But hopefully the Doctor Who ones that are remaining will still continue to thrive. Yeah. And the, and the fan and good community. Good luck to them in two years if they can pull it back off. And yeah. yeah. And, the, and the fan community in Long Island is still con- continuing with their uh, monthly uh, meetups and watch-alongs and viewing activities and all that sort of stuff. And the there's a Long Island TARDIS that's going to make appearances in the area, so it's the presence isn't going away. Just the convention is put on hold at the moment. Hopefully, it will uh, be back and 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 back in full force with a vengeance when uh, 2018 or 2019 rolls around, as opposed to uh, having the wilderness years um, con style. Because <laughs> you know they're just going on hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys have to come back because I haven't made it up to Eli Who yet. So let's just uh, <laughs> you, you, don't, you, you you don't get to cancel the con until I've been. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the reality of it. That's it for news. All right. Well, do we other than you know a certain episode aired. Right. Right. Do we have any feedback? We do have some feedback from Holly. Did you want me to read that? I can. I don't care one way or the other. She says, "Hey guys, okay, go." Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. What can I say about this Christmas special? I loved it. The scenery and special effects were awesome. We got some more insight into the time war, and it was nice not having a big bad to face in an episode. Love the nod to the Brigadier's family. 
The sass between twelve and the twelfth and the first doctor was just perfect, and now I know the war doctor was channeling his inner first doctor when he ran into ten and eleven. Love the introduction of Jodie Whittaker as the next doctor. Can't wait for her first outing. I'll wrap it up here. Hope you all have a very have a happy new year. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Holly. Thanks, Holly. And of course, you can send us feedback by going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the send us feedback tab, or send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Let's move on to our reviews. We're going to do the universe story first. Let me pull that up then. (laughs) Is that the case of the missing fairy? Is that what it's called? Yes. The Case of the Missing Fairy from the classic era of Doctor Who Lethbridge Stewart by Steve Walton, Stephen Walton. Or, well, he's Stephen Walton on the cover and Steve Walton on the inside, so I guess, <laughs> I guess we're covered either way. Either way, yeah. I don't have the synopsis. Maybe I just he have just goes by there. Steve. Yeah, it could be. Keith's looking for the synopsis. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I don't think they gave us one. They may not have. They sometimes don't for the shorts. No. It's a story they set didn't. before the 1980 section of the story Modwin Undead. And it features the former Brig. Lethbridge Stewart is teaching math. Well, he's still the Brig. He's just retired. Okay. <laughs> the Brig retired. And uh, there's a, a, a missing tree topper. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. I did too. It was it's it's a cute story, um, especially from the the idea that it's it, it it's very Christmassy, in the sense that there's a fairy on top of the the uh, tree at the school that he teaches at now. That has gone missing, and uh, there's one instructor who's quite zealous in his uh, pursuit <laughs> to find the uh, with with good cause. <laughs> yeah, well, you do kind of find out. He does. He seems a bit eccentric over this zeal to find the uh, perpetrators of of the theft, the yes. alleged theft. Um, Mr. Gray. However, yeah, Mr. Gray. However, you kind of think, okay. This guy's, you're, you're kind of with Lethbridge Stewart. Okay, it's just uh, a tree topper of what could be significant about this. Uh, and then as they lay it out, you kind of understand that it was it was his wife's and she's since passed. And she was very dear to the school because she also worked at the school. And you, see, you, kinda, you get the little warm fuzzy of, oh, yeah, okay, I, he, they need to find this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what's, what's great about it is it's one of those, it's a story... Where we we haven't gotten much of his time as a teacher, mm-hmm. and it's just it totally feels like it's one of those stories that yeah that would actually happen. Uh, a kid would break us or steal a, a fairy, and they'd call in the old brigadier to come help investigate because that's what he used to do. And the the fact that he's so dismayed about doing it because he used to do so much bigger things is kind of a bit funny and a bit sad at the same time. I think it's kind of neat that it steps away from any sort of. Uh, otherworldly influence yeah. or, or supernatural influence um it it really comes down to be a uh, heist mystery i mean it's just that's simply what it is um i like the the fact that the the uh, mr gray gets very you know <laughs> into the interrogation and bringing each of the students because they have six six students i believe it is yeah. who were last seen in the area before the ferry goes missing and he brings them in and they do the you know uh interrogation style with the bright lamp and <laughs> kind of the good cop pad cut routine although they don't really do the brigadier wonders 
if you will. But uh, the headmaster is the one that puts the brigadier in this investigation with Mr. Gray because uh, of his, as you said, with his time with unit and, and uh, his experience and being yeah. able to look into things like this. But I, th- I kind of feel that it's also sort of a, a, a the, the headmaster giving Lethbridge Stewart something to kind of maybe grow in his character as well that he doesn't expect. And I think he does from this, which yeah. I think was pretty cool too. Uh, the Brigadier even learning and, and, and growing as a character later in life. I thought that was neat. It's 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 a nice reminder that, as you said, there wasn't an alien influence, and not everything in the Briggs' life is going to be an alien influence. It's nice to have these stories every once in a while, where it's just an average everyday event. I think the author also paints the the boys that are are suspects in this as as really kind of neat characters, and the fact that. We get into spoiler territory here because we don't do these without spoilers. <laughs> if they've been yeah. out, uh, they, and this one's been out for a week or so, um, but they do get into the the situation where it really doesn't end up being one person, right. but it also doesn't end up being a theft. That yeah. it ends up being a situ a series of situations where they're all actually kind of covering for each other, and I think that that plays out really well too. And and. I, I won't go too far into into what happened. That maybe that would be way into spoiler <laughs> territory. But I think it's really cool that all of these boys are involved in some way as well. Yeah, I would agree. It's good. It's a nice little uh, interlude, and I quite enjoyed it. Sean, you've been rather quiet. It's okay. <laughs> I just I, all all of the things that you guys said are are are, are true. Um, it just didn't grab me. I think the same way that, you know, it, it was a, a fine little story. And, uh, you know, while I agree that I, I, I am pleasantly surprised when we don't have a supernatural turn, this one felt almost blown out of proportion with, wow, nothing's happening. <laughs> Just, you know, and, and we, you, you get to the end and there's the nice little resolution. And it's kind of like, okay, I mean... I kind of sided with the brig. It was like, all right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Just nothing to see here. I love the fact that at the very end, he gets given another similar assignment. And he disappears. And sneaks off. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a little maybe too much. I, was, I, I, I appreciate it for the humor of the, the, the stamp that it was putting on the end, but I just, I thought that was a little bit, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe that's it. Maybe just tonally. I mean, I don't mind that the, the Brigadier does not have to be all blood and thunder, you know, every single time. Nor does he have to be um, the stiff upper lip brick. But the humor of it, it seemed almost like it was being written for a different show that he had stumbled into. I mean, it kind of almost felt like it was a Sarah Jane adventure versus a Lethbridge Stewart adventure. And he, he seemed pretty bewildered and bemused by the whole proceeding. And I kind of got that impression from the beginning of Mod when Undead, too. Yeah. Yeah. But Mod, <laughs> I thought it fit the tone of the yeah, beginning so of Mod when we yeah. was at the school. But I, I think Modwin has some additional elements to it that kind of go toward explaining why he's. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, and maybe that ties into it. But I don't want to say anything bad about it. It's not that it was a horrible story. It wasn't. It was just. It was, just, it was a little. You know. 20 page story set at Christmas in which not much happened. Okay. <laughs> it just didn't grab me the way it did you guys. That's fine. 
I'm interested to see what he says about our next review, which will be Twice Upon a Time. Two doctors stranded in a forbidding snowscape, refusing to face regeneration. A British army captain, seemingly destined to die in the First World War, but taken from the trenches to play his part in the Doctor's story. In the final chapter of the Twelfth Doctor's epic adventure, he must face his past to decide his future. Along the way, he realizes the resilience of humanity, discovering hope in his darkest frozen moment. It is the end of an era, but the Doctor's journey is only just beginning. Bum, bum, bum. Talking about another story that nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't care <laughs> that it, nothing happened because <clears throat> I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great send-off for Capaldi. Um, it didn't have a big climactic action. I, I, I like that it didn't have I that. I did, too. I sort of like the fact... No, I sort of was bewildered a bit by the fact that we chose to tie maybe a loose end with Rusty Hump without so really happy. tying a loose end. I mean, well, it was kind of a, we, we always wondered after that episode of where was well, he. It, and, it, it implies that Moffat had something else to do with him. So when you get to this point and it's almost like he threw him back in to say, well, I didn't do anything with, bond. I didn't do anything with Rusty. So I better throw him. In I, I'll go, I'll go one further. I think it was Gatiss. <laughs> Might have been because he wrote uh, into the Dalek, didn't he? Yeah, might have been. So I, I, I think, I think Moffat. Oh no, uh, no, Gatiss didn't write. Didn't did he write that? One? I no, thought he did. Uh, no, it was. It wasn't Moffat though. It was uh, Phil Ford. Yeah, Ford. and Stephen Moffat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think he had a hand in all that. I'm season, still going to say it was Gatiss. That the one that yeah, that he tagged the, his, uh, he, tagged he wasn't in one. every single episode. Oh, okay. but he was in all. Yeah, of I, I still think it was Moffat. Probably had the framework built, and then went, I don't know where to go with this, and gave us that rusty back. Certainly, that happens. I think as as a writer, you have a lot. I mean, we we've talked about some of the loose ends that still haven't been tied up in Moffat's era. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why everybody. That's not a. Anyway, so you know. They didn't have to go to anything where with Rusty, no, although the, although the episode does imply that they would maybe do something later with Rusty. So I think that was kind of a neat nod that they, okay, it, hey, here's Rusty. Well, and it was such a nice callback to the beginning of Capaldi's run. Yeah, I mean, it was his second, episode. very second episode. Yes. So it was just a really nice kind of tying the whole beginning and the end together. It also gave him that moment where it was something that the first Doctor recognized. Yeah, you know, so that it yeah. wasn't necessarily a clockwork robot or. Or something that they, he hadn't seen yet. I think they missed a trick, though, in advertising this thing. Because I think that, uh, although I don't think anybody didn't expect Jenna Coleman to come back. But there was that rumor that they kind of didn't, it, they didn't really qualify that Jenna Coleman was coming back. Remember they said Jenna Coleman oh. coming back. And then they it, that was kind of dropped because it wasn't, they, it wasn't official. It wasn't con- yeah. And it never got confirmed. And then, so I thought they missed a trick by, they could have advertised this as somebody, you know, from... Uh, Peter Capaldi's first season as the Doctor coming back and blah 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 you know just made a big deal about it or somebody from his past coming back and then when the reveal would have been rusty everybody go what (laughs) this is who's coming back that could have been even cooler than hey oh no actually Moffat's greatest trolling ever (laughs) yeah exactly I mean he so could have done go out on a bang but, I think that uh, illustrates how tired he is (laughs) because he would have done that previously I like structurally how it takes place in really a moment in the end of Tenth Planet where time has been frozen. Yes. The concept is the fact that because Be- two doctors, well, in the, two versions of himself 
are ready to call it quits, are ready to die. But I got the impression, more importantly, everything stopped because the first doctor was ready to do that. Yes, but it, what what I think what it caused blink, the paradox. Well, what blinks out the yeah, that's yes. just it. What blinks out the the issue is the fact that uh, uh, the twelfth doctor had ended up landing there where the first doctor was and it caused the issue. Which fortunately they were both there because I you know I obviously. To, to me, it's it's a bit circular because I think that this always happened. I mean, that's this is yeah. I'm kind of that. I subscribe to that. You know, this is something that always was meant <clears throat> to happen. And so, um, I was really, int- but I was really intrigued by the fact that it's it's really kind of a moment in time. And it was between the time that the Doctor left the uh, moon base and or the the, the base and uh, Antarctic base. Sorry, sorry, I'm not moon base. Crossing my shows. Uh, leaving the Antarctic base and going to the TARDIS, and I had kind of hoped that that's when that had, it had happened yeah. because it made the most sense, and it kind of set that up in the final episode of the season this year that that's when this was happening. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. I liked the concept of this future race of basically heaven. I mean, they they come back, they take people from the point where they're about to die, and they preserve their memories, and then return them to that point without their even knowing, and preserve their memories on. I thought that was a neat little concept. It's a little high-minded, I think, but I thought it was it was kind of cool. Well, it, it's no different than the extraction chamber. No, it's, yeah, certainly. So it's kind of a similar idea that Heat Moffat had used certainly and, is. And, and improved on, I think, in this instance. Uh, and, and, and especially when it's revealed, and, it, and he goes... There, there's no bad guy. I don't know who. I don't know what to do. There's no bad guy. I thought that was a neat little uh, yeah. uh, section there. So I like the concept of that. What was it called? The uh, t- uh, t- uh, testimony. 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 I love the concept of the testimony. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I thought David Bradley did an awesome job as the first Doctor. He didn't completely. He didn't copy William Hartnell, but he emulated him in such a way that you believed that he was the first Doctor. Um, that was terrific. The setup of the episode, I'm uh, it was so meta, and I'm okay with it by saving saying seven seven thousand four hundred some episode or seven hundred so episodes seven hundred nine seven hundred nine yeah. episodes earlier ago. Yeah, <laughs> previously, previously seven hundred nine episodes. Yeah, I ago. thought that was so neat. Uh, and and using the the clips, the actual yeah, footage, the actual footage yeah. from that, and then doing it in the end when the first Doctor gets and back in his time stream, finally getting to see in official canon the regeneration, <laughs> because as we know in the Tenth Planet, they they animated that in order to keep the flow. Same uh, with Power the of the same. Daleks, but they have always had that regeneration, thanks to a, a Blue Peter clip yeah. that got sent off, and so this we. Thousands of Doctor Who fans that never got to see that before. I mean, we we've saw we've seen it because it's been you know clips on specials and things like that. But we're talking about a new era of Doctor Who fans as well. Get to see that regeneration for the first time within the continuity and canon of 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 Doctor Who, and I oh, think I'm that was really cool. I'm so glad that they how they they handled his regeneration so well. And the fact of it's just a very subtle effect on the hands, not overly glowy. Yep. And then the fact that they didn't recreate it, that they just went back, dissolved oh, back to the black and white was perfect. Well, and even in the even in the black and white footage of the regeneration, it does, it does, it glow. does brighten out and glows yeah. like that. So it still fits within that, that look that we yeah. still have as well. So um I do like the uh 
again another callback to all the various doctors and the little globes and companions and things like that that, that was kind of neat through the different lives the memories um and i absolutely shed a tear of joy when uh clara when he got to remember clara when that, that was, was a nice that touch. was just such a nice touch i just so enjoyed that so much i i i I've been on record of how soured I have been by Clara. And so when she showed up, I wasn't too surprised. But I thought it was a very nice touch. I actually kind of got more excited that Nardole came back. <laughs> so that shows how much of a switch I've done on Nardole since uh, Dr. Mysterio. And, and even though they're all, and, and, and Bill kept driving this point, even though they're all just memories of them, that is still it's them. It's still them. It's still them because it's everything that they were. So, so that Sean's means being quiet. So that means get... Clara actually went and died. <laughs> we're gonna get. That's another... what I took away from that. Yeah, at some point in time in the far distance, yes. she finally did what she was supposed to right away. Yeah, she finally went back to that point. Sean, you're being awful quiet. Um, I'm of two minds on this one. All of the meta fan service, wonderful bits, I loved. And I loved them because the, the, they were meta fan service. Uh, I, I loved the the way it was constructed at the open that we even started with the episode clip and then went to the wide the widescreen shot and the morph from Hartnell to Bradley. Bradley. I thought was 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 really cool and really well done. Um, I love the interaction between Capaldi and Bradley as the the the, the gritchy doctors when they always get together and you know, the egos and. <clears throat> I, I, that was that was all great. Um, I thought David Bradley did a very very great job of emulating Hartnell without aping Hartnell. It was kind of a fine line. Um, I liked the story that you know there wasn't a big bad. I, I, everything you guys have said, I agree with. I have some issues though, and I've seen it twice now. I was hoping that on the second watch that I'd be able to maybe just gloss over. And what I've come to decide is this is, for me, this was Christmas. And you know how when Christmas comes and you open the stockings and you got candy and so you eat some of the candy and then maybe there's a meat and a cheese tray, so you eat the meat and cheese tray and then there's Christmas cookies and so you eat the cookies. And you kind of go on, you just graze all day long. And then you get toward the end of it and you're kind of like, I need something real. <laughs> That's what this episode was. It was just kind of stuffing all day long of the sweet and the sugary and the candy and all those things that I love, but it had nothing of any real substance for me. And I, I, I feel bad saying this, but change and not a moment too soon. I'm so glad that this is the last Moffat because it feels kind of like just that, that well, sugar it, on top cherry capstone to this flavorful dessert that i'm just tired of and i feel to, to really some extent, weird i, I can that. see what you said what you mean because it it kind of does feel like moffat didn't necessarily want to come back for the christmas episode we weren't sure if when they announced that he was leaving if, he, if christmas was included in this yeah and it almost feels like he's like i've told all the stories i can tell that's why we kind of get a story where there isn't much meat and not a lot happens. Right. It's because of that, though, that I maybe went into this a little different because I almost went in expecting that this was going to be, and it turns out to be, what was Russell T. Davis's, you know, 19-minute 
say goodbye to everybody <laughs> in the end of time. Yeah. This was an hour of that same kind of tone. Right. Yeah, it and was. so I liked that, but I think maybe I was more prepared for that. I didn't feel like there was going to be any big story. And in fact, when they introduced the uh, <coughs> testimony, the the interface or whatever it is of the testimony, the the, the clear people, the, um, the, the glass yeah, people the, were cool. The, the, glass the look of them and the it was, I it was, cool. was really cool. But when they started going that route, I sort of thought I thought maybe I was wrong feeling that way. I thought, oh, they're going to go a oh, direction the- where there is going to be some sort of epic grand adventure. And there's there's a lot of little action scenes. I thought the, the real it was really cool where they you know he drops the chains on the TARDIS and they all <laughs> jump and grab onto it and write it down. That was neat. Um, and even the the where are we when he goes to the the planet where Dusty's where Rusty's hanging out and, and all the little mutated. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys pick up that those were Daleks? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, because um, well, he even calls them the. Uh, they mutated a little bit, he said. Well, I forget what he says that the, it's the planet of the such and he he the name he uses basically is. I can't remember it now, but it's, it, it, it it struck me immediately as they've shed their armor. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Come, well, he come, says they're out of their shells. shells. And then he says they <laughs> yeah, come out of the shells. Out and out I'm out like, out oh, out. you know. Yeah, I, I kind of suspect. I mean, well, my heavily first, suspect. Oh, okay, to be honest, my first thought was Dream Crab. And that's well, when, when, like when the one first. jumps on it. Well, yeah. on the, on that's the, what uh, I thought. And then I went, no, no, these are Daleks. But see, it starts to go down that path, and I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be some grand, you know, maybe this isn't just a postscript. Because I kind of went into it expecting a postscript. With, but then I was much relieved. I actually was very relieved in the fact that he says, well, the, this is fine. There's no bad yeah. guy. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this is good. Um, I just, and, 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 you know, Bill's there, and then you start to trust her, and you really think that, well, okay, maybe she's not a copy. The doctor, you know he's being suspicious for no reason. And then of course you see her all translucent again. And then you're like, Oh, there's the big setup. And then that doesn't really go anywhere either because it's like, no, this is, you know, you, it's, it's the whole trust. Yeah, thing. no, I wasn't. So uh... I, I, I liked that aspect of it. So I think I kind of went into it expecting that. Um, well, based on what we've it. seen for Christmases in the past where it's been the disaster movie or it's been very heavily Some big Christmas, yeah. you know, uh, or last year's superhero extravaganza. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I I wasn't necessarily expecting that because any time you get more than one doctor, that's the focus. If you write it well, that should be the focus. It should yeah. be about the character and not about the plot, regardless of what plot's going on. It could be two doctors reading a phone book, and I'd be sitting there going, "Yeah, cool." So I, you know, I didn't know that I expected that necessarily, but it just it just wasn't what I wanted, and and maybe that's a very unfair thing to say, yeah. Because it's a it's a farewell. This is a celebration of Capaldi and everything that has come, and his run, and it it went and it did its thing, and you know I was fine with that. But there were just these little things. Um, the way the first Doctor was written. So the the focus on calling out of the sexism. Was very that, was rather uncomfortable that's for my, a lot of it. That's my yeah. only complaint with it. Is that, I understand why they were doing well, it to recognize the fact that there was sexism in the sixties when they when these episodes were written and the first Doctor at times has been rather sexist. And I appreciated the meta of it, the meta element of it, the fact that they were calling out that they were doing it once would have been fine. Exactly, I don't think they had to continue on with it. Yeah, the first time would have been enough about mentioning yeah. it's Dusty in here. You obviously Polly's not here and right. chastising him, and then him stopping. Right. Please, that would have been a fine. Don't ever say that again. Sarah asked mid-episode, uh, once Bill shows up, if the first Doctor was a racist. 
she didn't pick up on the sexism aspect of it earlier on. It was just the when when Bill showed up, she thought, "Oh, it's, that's a race thing." Well, I didn't I, wonder if there wasn't I, a I was sort of both to that. I was sort of glad that they didn't go so much there with the racism thing because it is it's no secret that Hartnell he yeah. wasn't a racist, but he did have those racist inclinations, <laughs> yeah. um, as a lot of people did at the time, unfortunately. Um, so I was kind of glad they didn't go there because I think that that would have been less of a statement on 60s Doctor Who and more of a statement on Hartnell. And right, I, right. I, I didn't want that to happen. And so uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't go there. But then they did carry on that sexism thing with the fact that, you know, she's making the point that, you know, when they're saying, well, you know, I talking about some sexist remark about knowing women and she's well i do too you know i like how she put them put them in their place she sort of so. did but i just i i just kind of felt like those elements maybe were just a little bit too heavy-handed or they were there was too much of those but that was really my biggest complaint about it that and one other thing which i will come to have mentioned the it, it, like you guys said if it had been once or or maybe even twice where bill had gotten in on the action because i loved the reaction that she and capaldi share outside the tardis when he's like, can we just agree never to talk about this again? And she says, no, I want to talk about it lots. I hope we're laughing about it years from now. And you realize that she's flipped the table on him. Right. Yeah. That was a really fantastic moment. And in my mind, it was worth sure. putting up with sure. one of those comments to get that moment. Sure. I would agree But with the that. constant non-ending, it really made the first Doctor kind of unlikable. And I've seen, the, I've seen these episodes. I know that there is sexism that's going on. In the time frame, we've made the comments and and jokes and the unfairness of the fact that Polly's getting coffee or so-and-so's off doing this. But there was more to it than that. Yeah. You know, and, and because it's a product of the time, the, 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 the change happened slowly. Mm-hmm. But it did happen. Right. So I don't know that we necessarily needed to call out that particular well, we aspect don't have to, of it. We don't have to drive home the point that we've... Right, yeah. and I felt like they really, 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 really did. Coupled with that is, I think I know what your other thing is. So I'll, I'll hold off on that. But the 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 end. So we're 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 dealing with the first doctor. Just I I don't know that I want to go on, and Capaldi. I I just don't know that I want to go on. But the solution for the first doctor is well, you have to. Because all these other doctors are not going to get to do what they do if you quit. Oh, okay. Well, I think why it's, doesn't well, that work for what's good it, for the goose should be good for the gander? Why I doesn't that work for the twelfth doctor? The, I think, I think it's more complex than that. I think the first doctor is he's he's it's his first regeneration. He doesn't kind of know what's going to happen. He's he, scared. He's he's afraid, as he admits. And I think it's more complex than. All these other doctors. It's it's reassurance to him that he is he's still going to be him throughout his life. It's because you have point A and point B there at the same time. If you had point A, point B, and point C, then I think that you could have applied that to, well, what's good enough for the goose is good enough for the gander as well. And I think that Capaldi kind of gets that his own message to the first doctor eventually too, and that's why he chooses to go on. However, I think that, as Keith's saying, I think it's a little more complex than just saying 
these guys wouldn't be able to do their things. It's more of a, this is the man you become. Well, but that, that, that's what it boils down to, is yeah. that you, you don't have the it's, option of just deciding not to do it because you will create a paradox that's going to destroy everything as we know it because all of these other people have come since you. All of these other people have saved planets and been wonderful. And, and they, they kind of drive that home through the whole thing but, where the Doctor is learning with the, the memories of all these other people. That, that there's yeah. going to be more than this. And so for, for the 12th Doctor to then stand there very sanctimoniously and say, you have to continue, and this is important for you to do this, and then give this speech about my life is an empty battlefield and nobody's left standing. It's like, ah, oh, get over yourself. I mean, I understand where they were going. I understand why they were pushing that. But it just felt like this is the wrong argument to try and, and, and make with that. If you're going to bring back the first Doctor... And your argument for him to continue is this. You don't get to stand on the shoulders of that argument and then complain that everybody you know is gone. It, it just it just doesn't work for me. Because you, well, I think you're going does. to continue. Well, I, I, I the think weight he, of the I years think he between does, the though. two, though. Yeah, I think he does the, because he's earned it. <clears throat> The first Doctor hasn't earned it. The third, the third, the twelfth Doctor has earned this, and that was the the, the one has comment that the it, the right to make that statement when, when when he finally very quietly says, "Don't I deserve a rest?" Yeah. Okay, that one I'll give you. That one, yes, absolutely, because you do deserve it. But everything that came before it, it was just kind of like it's grandstanding. It just felt very forced and very. Well, not... that was to get the episode. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that, that, I think that was my problem with it. Is is it just didn't. There was so much of the of the good, but then so much of the. I don't see where this is. You're, yeah, you're not. I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't have any problem with that. You're, you're, not, you're not playing to the strengths of the character in my mind not at that whatsoever. point. So my my other problem with the episode, which aside from the sexism stuff, isn't so much a problem with the episode, is more of how it ties back to the end of series ten. So I was on record at the end of series ten of how I thought they should have just killed Bill. And not had her saved by Heather. And this does not prove to me any way that they right, shouldn't right. have done that again. No. They, there's no reason they couldn't have actually had her sacrifice herself for these people she he she barely knew. So they could live. And then her life, her memories be uploaded. And she'd still have this happy ending without... It, it, they completely glossed over the Heather saving, and there's no, there was no point to that yeah. aspect of it at all. I think that comes from what Sean was pointing out with, well, you were pointing out earlier, that Moffat kind of go, went into this with a, I didn't really me, intend to go this far <laughs> with the episode. I think that was his. Do the story. Yeah, and, that was his, yeah. his finale, I think. And I think he probably had a lot of that crafted by the time he got to the end of series 10. And so I think this one, I think he had to kind of throw away he probably didn't have to. If he if he would have tried, he could have tied it. But if he, I think he kind of had to throw that away to, in order to tell a different story. Yeah, well, Bill wasn't in it originally. the The original oh, draft of the draft the of, Christmas of, the Christ, of the Christmas special didn't feature Bill at all. Mm-hmm. So that was an evolution. Now, who knows if that was just a natural evolution out of the way it was written, or if that was maybe the BBC requesting something, or I, I don't know. But I think what would have originally worked, she wasn't worked there, better so. was instead of having Bill come back, I think having. Carol Ann Ford come back. That would have been fantastic. Play that. Play, play Susan again. I think that would have worked. That would have worked really much, good. much better, yeah. especially because you're bringing the first Doctor back. Right. Yeah. So, although then it wouldn't have the. I guess it would still have the impact on twelve. The armistice bit 
I loved that. Was, was fantastic. The best part of that this is, episode. That is one of my favorite things about history. I could I could listen to and read about that all day long about that moment in history that has never happened again. Yeah. And for that to be shown to me on film, the, the you know portrayed in in, a, in an episode of anything, I I, I, just, I love that. It was it, so it held a special sit up and pay attention moment for us since we just came back from the war. <laughs> yeah. Even Mel was like, we just read about that. <laughs> and, you know, so it had that extra well, import. When they started singing the Silent Night, because you, you really have no indication of what day this is, oh, even yeah. knowing that we're watching the Christmas special and me thinking earlier on, I wonder how this is going to tie into Christmas and if it does it in any, any way. <laughs> Uh, even thinking that earlier, it wasn't that they start singing Silent Night, and I went, <gasps> and and of course my family who are oblivious go what because they think I'm 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 uh, gasping over another meta issue because I was through this whole episode, but uh, they go what and I said oh, this really happened and Caitlin goes what are you talking about I said no this is really happened this is a this is an actual event it, it, they for one day on Christmas they they. Came out of the trenches. I'm explaining it to her before it happens. <laughs> Not even thinking they're just going to show it to her anyway. But I said, this, this really happened to come out. And I start explaining it to her. I said, well, and then I see him coming out of the trenches. I was like, okay, well, just watch. And then we talked about it afterward. I said, this is like one of my favorite things about history is this is a moment in time that, that happened. So, I, yeah, just I'm, I'm that happening. I was I was so ecstatic about it. It, it, it. That That moment crystallizes so much about why I watch Doctor Who. For the potential of humanity yeah, and, and yeah, the, the stuff yeah. that the doctor sees in us, it's all boiled down to that Christmas armistice. It's just like, you know what? This sucks. Let's go play soccer. <laughs> okay. I just, <laughs> why, why can't we have more of that in real life? I don't know. But so, yeah, that moment was up here. I mean, it was just above board. Phenomenally awesome. Yeah, it was neat. Um, I'm with Keith. I felt when Clara showed up, I'll be honest, my first reaction was, <laughs> of course you're here. <laughs> but then he got his memories back, and it became a, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot you don't remember her. Yeah. That was oh, a- that's very sweet. And then she was gone. I'm like, okay. That's just it. It was the, it was the right amount, and it just was the like nice touch. Am- Amelia was. Yeah. But then I got soured on it, because I thought to myself, well, this is the same thing that he did with Matt Smith, is we brought everybody back as a companion. There's young Amy running around thing, and then here's Amy. We didn't know she was going to show up, and it was this beautiful, poignant moment. And now we're carbon copying that and laying it on with Capaldi, and it just doesn't feel as well, genuine. See, I, I disagree, because I think it worked in the fact that they they did that and before with Eleven and Amelia, but this one... If it hadn't been, if they hadn't done, if they hadn't given if him they hadn't, his, the memories. Yeah, exactly. It would have been different. That's yeah. just it. If he hadn't forgotten Clara and then gotten that memory, was rewarded by that memory coming back, then I would have had an issue. With and it. and I would it, have, I would have thought the same thing. But but by just having that little element to it, it worked for me. And it, what's what was also so great about it was Bill throughout the entire time saying how she's real and her memories are what make her. Have and that's the best way to prove to the doctor that the memories are so important because now he remembers all of those, all that everything he had forgotten, and that makes him realize, oh, okay, yeah, she's right. Yep. Which almost felt underplayed for as big as a moment that probably should have been, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I felt like his final speech was a lot of Moffat trying to give a message to Chibnall. 
of what to do with the doctor moving forward. Like reminders of here's who the doctor should be. Like even not just towards Chibnall, but any future showrunner. It felt if as like opposed to Matt's farewell. Where you didn't felt, like that, or uh, you? Uh, uh, I'm on the fence. I thought it was very in character with the Twelfth Doctor. I thought, yeah, it was in character with. In my opinion, he, he's I teaching. Loved it. I yeah, love you know, it. which yeah. is cool. It was, it was, a, little, it was a little long. Oh, I a, a little. Uh, he could have got another ten minutes. <laughs> I'd have been riveted. I was riveted at a whole scene. That whole scene. And beyond that scene. <laughs> Does anybody think, this is kind of a weird side note, uh, I, I want to mention before I forget though, the whole episode was beautifully directed. Yeah. Rachel Tyler did an outstanding job. Yep. Every especially, scene, every I, shot. Especially the shots of Capaldi at the end on that battlefield with the sunset was just, yeah. Ooh, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. The whole battlefield stuff was, you know, how, do you make, how do you make a World War One battlefield look good? <laughs> she did. She did it, yeah. Um, do... I saw somebody comment on this after I saw it the first time, and I thought, "Oh, yeah." So I looked for it the second time. Even though we, I mean, we 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 said goodbye at the end of the season, which was earlier this year, and then we had what six months, seven months to wait before Christmas. Probably not even that long. Not even that long. Like four months. Capaldi looks like he's aged five years between the end of the season and now. And I don't know if it was makeup or lighting or what, but it's specifically at the very end in the, the TARDIS. Well, his hair has been <laughs> from day one. He's just kind of well, like, that, well, no, no, no. But, but that in battlefield the... after everyone's gone and him sitting there huddled down yeah. before Bill comes up. Yeah, it, yeah he does look old. Oh, he does he look just, old there. Yeah. He just looks, I mean. But I, I, yes, but I thought that they did a nice job of. From the beginning of the last episode, I can't remember what the name of the last episode World was. Enough in time. World, World enough, enough in time. time. He has the shorter hair and kind of the more youthful jaunt to himself. And there in that last sequence, the hair gets longer. Because I I felt at that time they were giving the impression that he was, not that he was like, because of the regeneration, but because he had traveled or had gone somewhere or was, you know, Spent a long time staving off this regeneration, and that's why when he comes out of the TARDIS at the end, his hair's because even at the beginning of that, uh, the yeah. previous episode of that, the hair is long, and then we go to the short hair while they're on the Mondasian ship, and then at the end, it's See, long. I don't think again you can call his back. hair short during that sequence. Well, shorter, 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 but it, it's remarkable. If you go back and watch, it's remarkably longer, <laughs> and that's why I always kind of got the impression that he spent a long time before he landed in Antarctica trying to stave off that regeneration now i sort of feel that it's because of the regeneration is why <laughs> he started looking older and the hair was longer but even at that point of course they i think they must have filmed that part close to when they were filming the getting ready to film the christmas special because yeah. they were even yeah. they shot that quite early as well so but again i'm not taking away from capaldi but he he just i i i hurt watching that sequence because it was a big emotional thing but it just he looked so frail well, he, almost he, he totally sold himself as older even in his acting and tired and ready for a well, rest yes. i wondered if maybe that was a, 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 a that was an acting choice yeah i wonder if it was psychological yeah. or if it was or I, I didn't know if anybody else had noticed it so. that no, maybe it was makeup it. or prosthetics i didn't notice any makeup oh no no i don't think it was prosthetics definitely no, no. i think just... probably if anything it was it was a toned down of the makeup i think we probably saw capaldi more of his age and look uh, they probably 
maybe that's do him what it up was to make reverse. him look just yeah. a little bit younger with the makeup when he was shooting the episodes, and then this particular one, they maybe they backed off on it to make him look older and, and more weathered. But I think you're seeing because if you look at him in interviews, I think he looks a lot older than he does when he's playing the doctor. If you watch interviews of anything he's done or the little when he shoots the little you know, uh, taglines for the Doctor Who YouTube channel. I've, I always look at him and think, oh, he looks a lot older in real life than he does in the, in, this, in the episodes. And so I wonder if maybe it was just a backing off of the makeup in order to maybe make him look his, you know, closer to his actual age. I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it, but that you say that now I can, I, I see that. I can, I can, I can remember that and recall that, but it didn't, it didn't stand out to me at the time. It just, yeah. It just kind of added that layer of, Dude's had it rough. <laughs> you know, we're ready, ready for that. So, um, well, let's let's but, talk. But the, but the end speech just—I was surprised that it felt more like it was coming from Moffat as opposed to Peter. Yeah, maybe it I didn't feel like Peter was saying goodbye as much as it felt like Moffat was saying goodbye right, in the end speech, which was a pretty was, good speech. But, but yeah, I, just, I was just—I was I just really surprised of, by it. I, if it hadn't, if I hadn't felt like it was so much in character for the Twelfth Doctor, I might have felt the same thing. But I, to me, it was. No, I, I, I kind of thought it, I felt like it was a meld of both. All right, let's talk about Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> I'm so fantastic and brief. Jodie Whittaker, bit reminiscence of the end of In the Time. It was a bit, yeah. Uh, Aside from falling out of the TARDIS, <laughs> I love the touch. I loved how they shot the entire sequence. Well, how, I, how I you also get liked that there was glimpses of yeah. her at first, and then. You see the ring fall off yeah, right away. That, that was, was that really was, cool. Well, I like her really pulling the monitor around and getting the uh, reflection. Yeah, too. that's cool. Yeah, um, that ring broke me. I thought there <laughs> the were ring fell off. I like, that, that was the that, that was Capaldi's version of the tie. That, exactly. That was the final moment where it's like gone. I thought oh. there were elements of uh, end of time regeneration, but. I didn't feel like there was any humor in this, which I thought was, was no, good because the last much. few regenerations we've had, there's been those the quick the quippy all, line, you know. Yeah, all there of was, them. I mean, ever since. Although, tenants. I thought Jodie Whittaker so, completely sold the change by just her looking so elated with <laughs> herself and the new, you know, it, it almost the way she portrays it, it gave so much hope and energy. To the series, just from her performance, the way the way she her realization and the way she smiles when she she realizes what you know has happened, and she I think she realizes the change of what's happened, and just look at, of excitement and the <laughs> enthusiastically punching that button, <laughs> only for the TARDIS to start going <laughs> and start going into meltdown and throwing her out the door, which I I. I really think that that's the TARDIS rejecting her. Hmm. I think it's. I think it might be a statement on: Is there something wrong here? Maybe the the the, the TARDIS not recognizing the gender change right away, and almost rejecting her, almost in a maybe it a jealousy type way. situation. And so I, I I may be wrong. I may be way presuming something, and I don't want to set myself up for them not to go somewhere with it in that direction but i think that might be that would be an interesting start to have instead of a companion who like clara being a little 
put off by the fact that this guy you've just known for a long time, just re- or even Rose, to that matter, regenerated into somebody completely different, but now turning it and having the TARDIS <laughs> get a little jealous and go, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. <laughs> I'd go one step further. I feel like that would justify that sequence. No, it could. It yeah. could. Because... Unless it was just trying to dump her out to save her life. Well, and they may go that route as well. I think they're going to reveal, I I really have faith in the fact that I think Chimbal will reveal why that situation now, do, do, do we know is this is was this handled the same way that previous handoffs have been done that, that Mo- Moffat wrote all the way up Chibble to wrote here that entire regeneration okay scene. so then he's got a plan for it I hope yeah, he it, it seemed weird to me and I've already seen the jokes I've already seen people making the comments about well that's what happens when you let a woman drive and it's like really it's uh, been you sh- you four should, seconds you shouldn't look at those comments yeah no I, I, <laughs> just I, I avoid those comments those, those, avoid those comments, comments anger me but I I on the, on the other hand, I feel like, okay, we've already had this. There's a there's a piece of fandom that does not want this change. And is this the best method to go, here it is, oh, and then we push a button and the TARDIS flips out and throws her out the door. That seems like a weird... No, I, I think it's I think it's the, actually the right move. I think it's going to do the opposite of what you think. I, think it's I gonna, hope so. I think I it's going to prove to all the people way. who are naysayers... Why it's okay to have a woman as a doctor? Yeah, okay, I would agree. I I, I hope so, I but it 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 felt weird that it's like the the very because it comes across as it's the gonna, very first thing this doctor does is make a mistake. That's what it felt like, and I don't think that's what they I intended. Don't, I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened either. No, but well, it, I think I have a feeling it's going to come across a lot like Capaldi's first episode, where it's telling us. It's okay that this doctor is changed and is different. And is not the same person you knew and loved, and it is now a woman. I think I think they're going to probably go along that route. Granted, just a different path to get there, but kind of the same destination. It'll be interesting to see if it's told better, because one of the things that we complained about with Deep Breath was Claire shouldn't have this issue. Well, <laughs> right, yeah, right. I think it will be so without a companion in that role. It'll be interesting to see how how it plays out. Well, Although I was tar- excited. To the see TARDIS it. shouldn't have that issue either, then. <laughs> which might be the TARDIS uh, playing surrogate in that situation as well. So yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I was <sighs> thrilled to see Jody officially finally yeah. there. Me too. I'm so excited. So excited. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that regeneration hit the ground running. Just the way she sold it, it was it was perfect. Anything else on it? Wow, I'm usually the one doing that. No, I mean, I just... <laughs> I, think that's every, I think we covered everything in it. And it and I, said, if, I, if I, we, I could go on and talk about other things we, that I liked, switch, but I could also talk about other things that I didn't like. If so we I don't switch to... uh, positions and I go, um, well, I could come up with something else to talk about. No. <laughs> I mean, I could keep going. I just I don't want to sour everybody. Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Coming up on the schedule, our last Friday Night Who of the Year is a proper Christmas special. We were going to watch The Runaway Bride. What makes it a proper? Well, because we did World Enough in Time and uh, The Doctor oh, Falls oh, oh, yeah, for, yeah, for okay, Christmas. I got you, I got you. So we didn't do a Christmas special. I got you, I got you. Now we're going but, to but do a Christmas, Christmas special. Because it was the 22nd. But it would have been the one for Christmas, Keith. Stick with me here. <laughs> yeah, but now it's after Christmas, so it doesn't feel like Christmas, and it won't feel like a Christmas special now. So It's still a holiday. You mucked it all up. He wanted to get World Enough in Time in before. I, I know. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I did, going back and rewatching that and leading up to this one. 
it didn't need it at all. They didn't touch the Mondasian Cybermen. No, no, just, just Bill. You know, this just show, Bill. That's this, it. This show, this, this episode could have been all by itself without having any sort of lead up whatsoever. Uh, it could have. I didn't expect it to. It could I have. There but I, I feel like I, I was happy going into it because I felt like it gave a nice baseline for where we had just come. And why the doctor is angry and trying to stave off regeneration and just end it. And I feel yeah. like there's a really nice double parallel between the fact that he just faced off with Mondasian yeah. and oh, no, I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree. As did the first doctor. But so I when think, we get that extended sequence at the beginning, it was like, this was really familiar. I agree. But I think that we needed to have done 10th Planet a lot nearer this, too, in order for that to Yeah, but to we've work. done that one a lot recently. Yeah. So. We did that when we did more than enough of time. Oh, we did do that one, didn't we? Yeah. For 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 for, for, for a DVD that's only been available the last two years, two or three years. Yeah, we've like done that. it like four times for Friday night. Have we really? Because it's yeah. so good. Because it's a good one. So it's good. Anyway, uh, so uh, Runaway Bride is uh, is this week's selection for the last one of, of of the year, and then our show next week we will be discussing uh, back. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, uh, the brig, uh, back to the brigverse with. Havoc Files 4. It's the extended unit-verse. Sure. Not the brig-verse anymore. The extended unit-verse. Unit-verse. And someday it'll just be known as Legends. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, Havoc Files 4. So the collection of short stories that uh, has come out, we will be reviewing those. And, obviously, again, we've already reviewed a handful of those stories uh, on the podcast, so we will be kind of skipping around the book a little bit and covering the ones we haven't yet reviewed and probably just a a cursory glance over of the other ones. Uh, Beyond that, 2018, nothing official. By the time we record, (laughs) by the time we record our next episode, it will likely be uh, the new year. So happy new year to our listeners. And, uh, I hope it's a good one, and we look forward to a uh, joyous and prosperous uh, 2018. Is that going to do it? I think so. If so, so, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Thank you.